0: So as I was saying, uh, right now, as I am getting right, ready to preach to you guys, and 15th, Ross is getting ready to start worship service up in tier C. So, here for that. <laughs> uh, just to let you know, um, and Christy can attest to this because she's gone up and, and played the piano for us uh, many times. Thank you very much, Christy. Uh, It's just my job to make sure that I keep church weird. It's a blessing of sorts. Um, Also, just to let you know, it's also my job uh, to make sure that we are making the streets of Las Cruces safe one car at a time. So you should put a sticker on your car. Well, kind of, yeah, it is a joke because because that's exactly what we're trying to do. Hey, so we've been in this sermon series, this is week four, right, week four. Uh, week four, and uh, we've been in this sermon series about why. Not the question why, but we're about the statement why. Why, why is it we do why? Uh, so uh, so the first week when we were explaining the why, we saw this really cool video from Michael Jr. And uh, Michael Jr. is like talking to his audience and uh, he discovers that this guy, uh, Teaches singing or some kind of a music or whatever in his school, and uh, he tells him, "Hey, you know, uh, puts him on the spot and sing Amazing Grace." The guy sings it, and he's got an amazing voice, and it's really good. And then he's like, "Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. stop, stop!" Now, sing Amazing Grace. Like your cousin Julia's just got out of jail, and she's coming back home, and you know he lays on all this you know descriptive stuff. everything like that, and that guy just totally wails on Amazing Grace because. Michael Jr. set him up with a why to sing it, and that guy sang into his why. And so we we began to understand about the why and whatnot. And then uh, in crafting this sermon series, I will take credit for it, that it's, it was my idea. You can believe that or not, but it was. And in crafting it, I was saying to Ross, if we're gonna go through these things, uh, and if you haven't figured out by right now, as a Methodist, you are to do five things. You are to, uh, uh, cr- uh, wait. yes, okay, so it's prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. And that's how it's listed in the Book of Discipline. But really, who follows the Book of Discipline anyway, right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> so, uh, so I was saying we should take it out of order and work from easiest to hardest, and we threw in witness. And we showed you how easy witness was, how easy it is to witness. And so uh, when you discover your why and you're out there witnessing, witnessing should be natural. Nothing is forced when it comes to Jesus. It should be totally natural. And it should be relational because life is better together, right? Okay. And uh, just by the way, just a quick aside here. It is okay for you to say amen. It is okay for you to laugh. It is okay for you to give me a hard time. Amen? Okay, so it should, be, it should be relational because life is better together. So it's natural, it's relational, it's invitational. We like to invite people to things, right? And so it should be something that we invite people into. Uh, so totally natural, totally relational, totally invitational, and it should be with purpose. Uh, when done with purpose, you can silently witness all you want. But as Ross is fond of saying, and you're going to have to help me out here again, uh, uh, Saint Francis of Assisi says this thing. if uh, yeah, you can use you uh, you can use words if you must, and he stopped right there. And Ross says, "You must, you must talk about the love of Jesus. You must talk about your love for Jesus." And so uh, we do that in purpose. So last week. Uh, We did prayer in our third week and so we threw in the hardest one. I think right smack dab in the middle of this sermon series and uh, So most of us when we pray We think that it must be eloquent and it always about others Because more often than not we think it's super selfish when we pray about ourselves but wait We are seeking a relationship with our creator, are we not? And if we are seeking a relationship with our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, so why don't we develop that relationship as we are talking to a friend? Jesus is our friend. Yes, God, the father, God, the mother, God, the creator is our friend. So... Another way of putting it is pray until you pray. To keep doing the thing until one day you find yourself praying in relationship with God, our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, our friend. Pray until you pray. What if we prayed until we prayed? My inspiration comes to you from Romans 12, but really comes from the heart of it, verses 9 through 17. Love should be shown without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each other like members of your family. Be the best at showing honor to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble. And devote yourselves to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people. And welcome strangers into your home. Bless people who will harass you. Bless and don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone as equal. And don't think that you are better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think you're so smart, Stuart Downport. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. I do not think that there is a person who can do what I just read without knowing their why. I would even go so far to say as impossible. Without your why, those gestures would be lackluster and empty. That being said, allow me to piggyback off of what Ross said last week. And that is, I do not want to be a person to tell you or to assign to you what your why is. It is easy for me to do the thing. Knowing the what or the how or the how or the what of anything comes to me so naturally. Giving and serving is in my DNA. Dude, it's my name. It is extremely easy for me to do the thing. Figuring out the what and the why, I mean the how are easy. My why is sometimes elusive to me, but I would like us to figure out our why together. So today we are going to talk about our two most valuable resources, time and money. Neither of which we have enough of. I am fond of saying I will pray until I pray. And if I were to pray until I pray, or if all of us were to pray until we pray, meaning we do this thing over and over and over again, and over and over and over again, we will wear down a path to God, to our heart, to be in relationship with our Creator. But keep in mind, and, and I'm about to propose something that is, like, radical here at this point in time. You should get shocked to all of you, I propose anything radical. I had a conversation with Ross as we were getting ready to do this sermon series, and we were talking about prayer. I posed the question, does God pray? And I think our Creator does pray. I think our Creator prays every minute of every day, of every year, <clears throat> of every month week of every one of our lives. Praise about you, Mike, as you get ready to travel. Praise about you, Jeanette, as you get ready to go to school. Praise about you as you get ready to go to court. That pathway that I'm talking about being down to the heart of God, guess what? God is trying to be down a pathway to the heart of each one of us. That pathway goes over ways. So, why don't we witness until we witness? Or, why don't we give until we give? Or, why don't we serve until we serve? Why don't we do that thing over and over again? And over and over Seven years ago, last month, last October, Sarah, you know, she's very good about setting a goal for vacations, and so we had set a goal to go to Austin, to go to the Austin City Limits Music Festival, and ACL is held in Zilker Park, which is right on the river of, uh, well, they used to be called Town Lake, but now I think it's called Lady Bird Johnson Lake, and. Zilker Park is a huge park, but I think it's only uh, a quarter of the size of Central Park. So kind of tells you how big Zilker Park is, but yet also tells you how big Central Park is in New York City. And so there are probably like a dozen stages of live music and five like really big stages of live music, and the music is going on all the time. And it's hot, and it's humid, and the beer is deliciously ice-cold. And the music is fantastic. And the sun, not only does it warm the small of your back, but it sunburns the back of your neck as well. And so after lots of music, yes, lots of beer, lots of good food, we got down to brass tacks to do what really what Sarah wanted us And some of you maybe heard me tell this story in different ways, and different variations, but we spent the week going to different adoption agencies around Central Texas, between Austin and San Antonio. And so to fast forward to New Year's Day of 2013, our application filled out, together we went to the mailbox, and both of us together, we put it in the mailbox. And to fast forward to the Monday after Father's Day of June, 2013, we discovered that we had been picked to be parents the Friday before. And to fast forward to the 27th of June, exactly, and I'm not joking, 24 hours later, labor. A lady, a nurse, put, sat, Matthew back into our arms for the very first time. And then three days later, on Saturday, June the 30th, and I'm not lying when I say this, we were walking out of the elevator, having come from upstairs going down to our car. We were walking out, and there must have been about maybe 25, 30 staff members there clapping as we walked out of the hospital. It had been almost 50 years since this hospital had done an adoption, and they treated us like rock stars. Which, by the way, you guys should treat me like rock stars. So, Ken Daves, I don't know if you know this, but it is in the rule book of parenthood that in the first 24 hours of child, one parent at least one parent is supposed to stay up the whole 24 hours. So Sarah and I decided to have a shift. And at midnight after taking a nap, uh, Sarah poked me awake and said, now your shift. And so I woke up to discover three things. I said two things in the last service, but so three things. One, that my wife, when exhausted, can fall asleep like that. <laughs> Two, this baby of mine was hungry. And three, the diaper needed to be changed. Thank you very much. changing station was laid out on a hotel desk and I laid our little boy Seth on there and without any instruction manuals dear Georgie no uh, YouTube video at all whatsoever I set out to the task of changing his diaper and I nailed it. Mind you this should be, you guys should be like clapping and standing ovation remember I'm a rock star This was the first diaper I'd ever changed in my entire life, ever. I am the youngest in my family. I did not babysit anybody younger than me as a kid. And here I was, at 46 46 years old, changing the diaper for the first time. Then Seth and I sat down in a chair, him to lunch on a bottle, but both of us basked in the light of the TV, which was showing NCIS. It was a huge marathon. And from that day, I made a decision that I will be a father until I am a father. I will be a father until I am a father. On Friday, was not one of my best days of being father. But I hope day of fatherhood is my last day on this earth. After living a super duper In some ways, I am fearless. Some of you, Ms. Michelle Goodson would say, audaciously so. I am unafraid to ask you all for stuff, and especially your time and your money. And more often than not, I have big asks. I have no fear to ask for any size of help. Big, bigger, biggest. More time, and more money. I never get enough. Some of you trust me, and some of you don't. And yet, I keep asking anyway, unafraid. And what does all this have to do with my concussion? Well, I have asked all kinds of asked, and I've asked them in all kinds of ways. I have asked you one-on-one. By the way, Steve George, do you have 5 bucks? $5. Can I have my (coughs) bucks? Thank you. Hey, do you have my bucks? Can I have my (laughs) bucks? Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of wait to have it now. I am unafraid. I am unafraid to ask. And my confession is is that not only have I asked one-on-one, but I'm asking, I have a tendency to ask all of you at once as well. And I have succeeded, and I have failed. Linda Chirney, do you have my bucks? No. Right there? My confession is this. I've asked what, and I have asked how, but very rarely, if at all, I have asked why. I think if I had a better understanding of my why, and able to share my why with you all might have been better at helping you understand what it is that I'm asking. <clears throat> know this. I pray until I pray, I give until I give, I serve until I serve, I am a father until I am a father. Because for me, doing this thing over and over and over again, and over and over and over again, and over and over and over again, I have figured out my why. And because I do it over and over and over again my why is reinforced and made easier by doing so I have some asks Nancy Shaw, do you have five bucks? I do. okay, good I need that five bucks first, we want it to be natural as Paul said love should be shown without pretending, be the best at showing honor to each other We need more of you folks who are not already doing this, so I'm asking the ones who are not doing this to do this to become hosts. You all know what hosts is? Do you? Well, we used to call, uh, you used to be all called greeters, but you all are called hosts. And the reason why you're called hosts is because it's easy to understand what a host does and not what a greeter does. See, you all should, this should come naturally to you folks. Y'all are getting ready to host. Most of every single one of you in this room is getting ready to host something this holiday season. Whether you're hosting folks for Thanksgiving or you're hosting folks for Christmas or you're hosting folks for a staff Christmas party or you're hosting folks for an open house, a New Year's open house. As hosts, you do everything that you possibly can to make your your guests feel welcome. You show them where the bathroom is so that they're not out back watering your butterfly bush. You show them where the drink is, where the food is. You show them and introduce them to the people of your uh, friends and family, except for Uncle Bob. you got to stay away from Uncle Bob. We'll talk to you about that thing until your ears fall off and bleed. Don't talk to Uncle Bob. But as hosts here at Morningstar, we should be doing the same thing. Showing folks where the bathroom is, so that they're not out. Pain on the dirt. Where the kids go for Sunday school, where the coffee and the food is. Thank you very much, Jesse Weichert, Doug, too. We need more hosts. so We're gonna pass around a clipboard. Sign up to be a host. And if you have a particular Sunday that you wanna sign up for, just put that date down. All we're asking for is four times in a six month period, and that's it. Next, it should be invitational. Jesus is continuously inviting us to come and see. And Paul says, contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. So we would like to welcome all of you to come this coming Thursday, September. No, not September. November. I'm famous for doing that. November 21st. This Thursday, November 21st to come and be with us at the Game 2 at 6 o'clock. Game 2 is right there on North Rise. It's comes next door to uh, Jack in the Box. Next used to be known as Third Thursdays and used to be hosted at Ross Michelle's house. But we need to do some level setting. And what I mean by that is, is that we want this place to become incredibly invitational. So as somebody new sits next to you, Doug Wiker, you can turn around and uh, tell this wonderful young lady that uh, this is how we do Morningstar. We do Morningstar by filling out the Connect card. And then the next thing is, have you been to Next? All y'all who've been here for a while need to come to Next so that that all y'all can share what this place is about to be incredibly invitational. So, this one time, all y'all get to invite somebody who comes to Morningstar to come with you to next. 6 o'clock, Thursday, this Thursday, 2019, this year. It's relational. It's better together. Life is better with people you know, so we can get to know the people we don't know. Together. So, I need y'all's help. I need y'all to make a commitment to come up to truth or consequences one time or month. I need at least 10 of you to make that commitment every Sunday. And I'm not asking you guys to do it by yourselves. I'm asking you guys to do it together. So carpool. And then we can go get pie at Passion Pie Cafe. They have a cafe called Passion Pie because the pie is good. <laughs> and we can eat it together. The guy up there that preaches, yeah, he's a little weird, but he's not too bad, is he? Yeah, not bad. He's a preacher. Doesn't make much money. The folks up there live in a dusty little town and go to a pink little church. It is pink like, really, it is pain. And they need the folks who go to a dusty little church on a dusty little hill to come up there and share their energy of Jesus with them. This town, this place called Truth or Consequences has been hurt by the truth and think that there are consequences if they don't follow the truth. And they need you all to come up there and share grace that no matter what you do, God loves you. And that no matter what you do, there's nothing you can do for God to love you any less. They need you all to reinforce that message. Come to truth or consequences. We've got a clipboard for that, too. Sign up. Sandy. Pass it around. Last, it's done with purpose. So I'll take that five bucks now. I'll take that five bucks, I'll take that five bucks. Hey, do you guys have five bucks? Do you all have five bucks? Do you have 100 bucks? <laughs> I don't have 100 bucks, <laughs> I'm <to> ask either. <laughs> well, this is me doing the asking oh, and okay. doing the giving. <laughs> I need your five dollars, and the reason why I need your five dollars is because the last few years, we have done something to create a relationship with Camino Middle School. We call it the 12 Days of Christmas, and we need uh, 100 $5 gift cards. So if 100 of you all participate in this, it'll be easy, fast, and quick. We need $5 so that 100 members of staff and teachers can feel the love from a church that lets them know that their job is important to us, to our community, to the future of our us and our community, and the love and care that they give those kids. We need you all to sustain that. Give me five bucks, or give Kathy five bucks. <coughs> oh, hey, oh, five bucks. No. I, I work. <laughs> Five bucks. I gotta keep (laughs) preaching, but it is my job to keep this place weird just a little bit because I am still, if not anything, your captain of chaos. Five bucks. Five bucks. And here's the testimony right here that it reinforces, that it uplifts, that it shows love to a bunch of people who may have given up on our Creator, our Redeemer, our Sustainer, and said to head with that. But five bucks could possibly open up their hearts, their minds and their souls to the possibility of this place. And we are about to do a huge experiment here in in communion. It allows them to be strengthened to, to make a huge commitment to an experiment maybe in this place. Five bucks. See myself or Kathy after church. When we share our most valuable resources, time and money, in a natural, invitational, relational, and purposeful way, and we do so again and again, and again and again, and for good measure, again and again. Beating down a path to the heart of our Creator, we in turn discover our why and have down to us as well. In the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sustainer.